Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com, or visit our Patreon page for over 30 more miscarriage stories, as well as exclusive content. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Thank you for tuning in. I have Eileen with me here today, who has experienced three miscarriages in the last 18 months and also had a DNC and the Cytotec medication to pass two of them. And she is going to share all of this with us today, as well as her experience of pregnancy with her six-year-old daughter. So thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. So take us just a little, if you can give us a little synopsis about your pregnancy with your daughter. It was pretty, um, pretty straightforward. I found out I was pregnant. I went to my first appointment and it was the general first appointment where they give you the cute folder with all of the things to expect. I ended up having regular appointments every month. It's been so long now, I can't even remember. I think it was every month until you get to a certain point and then it was more frequently. I didn't have any complications. Um, I had placenta previa. Uh, which is where the placenta is blocking your uterus, but then it moved. And that was the little scare that I had. We delivered naturally. Um, she was healthy and everything was great. You know, I, you know, I gained a lot of weight. Um, I had cravings, but the 40 weeks was pretty straight and narrow. And what about pregnancy. morning sickness? I didn't have morning sickness. Okay. Um, it was any of the sickness that I had, it was pretty much all day and it seemed to be triggered by certain things that I would eat. But as far as being nauseous or vomiting, I was pretty okay. Um, throughout the pregnancy, I had a few moments, especially with like the fish oil pills, they would make me a little sick. But once I stopped taking those and I was switched over to something else, I was pretty okay. Okay. So Then fast forward to your first miscarriage. You have had this experience where you weren't super sick in the first trimester. So then what was it like this time? That pregnancy. Okay, so it was, you know, it was the winter. I remember finding out I was pregnant um, somewhere in like March, early March. I was feeling a little sick. I did miss my period. So what we did is we took a test. It came out positive, and we were like, okay. Um, My husband and I was like, well, maybe, you know, this is time number two. You know, it's happening. So I immediately went to the doctor. Um, I don't know. Something in my intuition was just like, go to the doctor. I found out a Friday night. 
um, or Thursday night, actually, because I remember spending time at work on Friday figuring out where can I go today or tomorrow because I want to confirm this pregnancy. I was able to find somewhere to go that I can just walk in because the GYN that I was at at the moment was super busy. It was really extremely difficult to get an appointment, you know, same day or next day unless there was an extreme emergency and pregnancy just wasn't an emergency. So I was able to find a place that I can walk in. I went, um, you know, they actually gave me a sonogram. I was around five and a half weeks. She told me, you know, just take it easy, come back, you know, schedule an appointment with your um, GYN for 12, 10 to 12 weeks. But if anything happens, you can always come back here. It seemed to be soon after that, I think it was mental, that I started to get sick. Um, and I was extremely sick, all day sickness. It was just as if I couldn't keep any food down. I would oh, wow. And I would, yeah, I would drink and I would vomit. And I know that sometimes your mental plays with your, you know, your emotions. So I was thinking, you know, maybe this is just pregnancy and I'm just nervous. And, you know, like this is happening um, unexpectedly. So, you know, I had typical sickness. It wasn't too bad, but for some reason, it seemed like the sickness was starting to go up. It was more severe, even to the point where one day I called out of work because I was just so, like, worn, you know, out of it, couldn't really eat, very, very nauseous. So I decided to go back to the, the walk-in center, and I said, hey, you know, like, I'm pregnant, and I'm not sure exactly what's going on. Um, I'm just so sick. And I know that can be normal, but with my last pregnancy, I didn't experience this, so I'm just a little nervous. And I remember talking to the receptionist, and she's like, yeah, you know, it happens. Your pregnancies can be different. So my husband was with me. We were able to see a doctor, and again, they were able to give me a sonogram, and she checked. We heard the heartbeat. I was about seven weeks or so at that point. We heard the heartbeat. Baby was very small, um, you know, relatively, and everything looked good. She said, you know, take it easy, try to eat certain things. She recommended ginger, she recommended lemon, etc. So I went home and it was at that point that we were like, okay, this is happening. You know, like this is, we're having another baby. Yeah. Um, we hadn't told anyone, but we had thought of a cute way to tell our parents by putting a shirt on our daughter that said something funky, you know, like we would just send her over there and then they would notice the shirt. We didn't know what we were going to do, what shirt, but we were like, oh, that would be so cool to kind of, you know, like shock them in that type of way. We had a long conversation about like, this is happening. You know, we heard the heartbeat is, is going down at this point. Um, so, yeah, so everything was on schedule. That same day, if I'm not mistaken, I went home, I took a nap. And when I woke up, there was blood. Now, oh, the I same day, the same that same day. Um, and I remember in the moment, I kind of was like, Oh my gosh, there's blood in the bed. Um, again, I was a little ignorant to the miscarriage um, situation because my first pregnancy, I hadn't heard of it, um, I hadn't thought about it. Um, and as far as other people, I knew that miscarriages existed, but as far as them happening to people without you know people without diseases or people without certain issues it just wasn't something that was in my realm so 
my first reaction wasn't, oh, my God, I'm having a miscarriage. It was, you know, something is not right. So I immediately called the center and they're like, well, you know, are you cramping? I'm like, no. They're like, is it a stream of blood? I'm like, no. They're like, well, you know, give it the night. And if you, you know, if things do not change, go to the emergency room. So I hung up, but I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel right. So my husband and I said, okay, we're going to go to the emergency room. So me, him, and my daughter, we went to the closest emergency room. And, you know, when I went in, I told them what, what happened, and I'm bleeding, I'm pregnant, et cetera. And they just have a seat, you know, we'll get to you. And I was waiting for maybe almost three hours in the waiting room. Oh, my God. Um, and Yes. And at that point, I'm like, you know, there isn't any urgency around this. Um, I don't really see anyone questioning this or, you know, saying too much of anything about it. So, you know, maybe this is more normal than we think. Um, we were able to get into a room and, you know, I'll fast forward a bit. At one point, I was able to get a sonogram. And now thinking back, I do remember that the technician, she was eerily quiet. Um, and in my experience with my G with any of the GYN sonograms, um, I've never had anyone be so quiet. And I do know that I've heard on your podcast that many of the women, they would see them and they can't, you know, they can't really tell you, but I hadn't had that, that experience. So she was quiet. Um, she did the exam and then, you know, I asked her, was everything okay? And she said, oh yeah, you know, your baby's heart is beating. She's like, you're actually measuring larger than the, um, doctor told you earlier. Everything looks okay. You know, and that was all she said. And I said, well, you know, I'm here because I'm bleeding. And she's like, oh, you know, I can see some blood build up around your uterus. So that's most likely why you're bleeding. So from hearing her say that, I was like, oh, this is normal. There's blood in there. It's coming out, et cetera. I went back down to the room. Um, and at this point, my daughter was very, very tired. Um, so I told them to leave. You know, I said, hey, you know, go home, put her to bed. And, you know, I should be okay. I'm just waiting for them to discharge me. The doctor did come in and tell me that he wanted to check my cervix to make sure it wasn't open. He checked my cervix. It wasn't open. The blood was tapering off. So he told me, you know, you're discharged. Take it easy. Everything should be okay. See your GYN at 12 weeks. So I went home and I'm like, okay, you know, this must be just a pregnancy thing. The blood is kind of going away. Um, I don't feel bad. I'm not cramping. I'm okay. About two days later, I started to bleed again. And this time I was sitting on the toilet and I went to the bathroom and it kind of came out a small gush enough where I was like, oh my gosh, uh -oh. this is back. Yeah, this is back. And I'm not exactly sure if there's something to worry about at this point. You know, I really don't know. So my husband and I was like, no, you need to go back to the doctor because so maybe they can do something to make it stop or making that happen. And at this point, we still had our daughter. So I had to call my parents. And we told, and it was, thinking about it now, it was kind of a, a bad way to tell them. But it was just like, hey, here's what's going on. We're pregnant. We need a babysitter. Because yeah. we have to go to the emergency room. And yeah. they're like, what? And we're like, yeah, we were already there, and we don't want her to have to wait. You know, can you just watch her? We'll explain later in that type of way. Like, you know, we'll, we'll explain later. So we went back to the emergency room, and although the experience wasn't too great, we felt like, hey, if we go back to the place where we was, they will probably move faster and do things in a different way. 
Well, that backfired on us because we went back and they were like, oh, well, you was just here and, you know, nothing would have changed too much in two days. If you're bleeding again without cramping, everything is probably okay. They tried to explain it in a way like they didn't want to do more trauma to my uterus, I guess, with the vaginal exam and such. This is how they explained it to us. Like, you know, it's better we don't examine you and it's better that we don't do anything because we just did it and we don't want to disrupt anything. And again, I was ignorant to the whole miscarriage and what should be done, what shouldn't be done. So we took it and we were like, hey, it doesn't seem like this is a bad thing. It seems like this is at least normal enough where they're sending us back home bleeding and in hopes that it will just stop and go away. So we went home, and sure enough, the blood did stop. The blood stopped. I started to actually show very early with that pregnancy. So at this point, let's say eight weeks, eight and a half weeks, nine weeks, I started to show enough where I had to start hiding it at work. Um, and I had an appointment to see my OBGYN. I was able to get an appointment at 10 weeks, maybe 10, 10 and a half weeks, which I was super excited. I didn't have to wait to 12 um, and I was so excited. I can remember the day vividly um, when I found out because it was such a beautiful day. And what I did is I decided to take the whole day off of work. I took the whole day off. I dropped my daughter at school. And I said that after my appointment, I will go shopping for maternity clothes. Go figure. Um, I got to the doctor's office, signed in. It was early. I told It was so beautiful. And it was early April, but it was still really cold where I lived. So it was just sunny and bright to the point where my daughter wore sunglasses to school because it was just a fake summer day. Got to the doctor's appointment. Um, I was able to get in. And because my insurance had changed since six, seven years ago, this was a new space. Um, so I got in, I spoke to the doctor and she was like, oh, you know, what's going on? How's your pregnancy? I explained to her the whole ER debacle, my sickness. And she's like, okay, so let's just go in. And again, my husband wasn't with me because I was like, this is just one of those first appointments, you know, we've already had our Mm -hmm. run to the doctor, the next to the doctor, like it's going to be many of these. So you go to work, I'll do this since I'm off. I went into the room and I remember she tried to check the heartbeat without doing it vaginally and she didn't hear anything. And again, I still never in my mind did miscarriage, miss miscarriage, anything cross my mind because I had been to the doctor more than once and no one ever even mentioned it. Even with the bleeding and checking my cervix, not one time did they say, well, you know, this could be a miscarriage, nothing. So I'm sitting there, she's checking, and she's like, oh, well, maybe it's just too early. So then she wills the, you know, the, the machine in, and she goes in vaginally. And again, I'm just like, oh, okay, I can't wait. Um, she goes in vaginally, and immediately, you know, she just pulled the, pulled the apparatus out. She was like, I'm sorry, you had a miscarriage. And I sat up. Because I'm like, excuse oh wow, me. she said it that yeah, fast. That fast, it, like oh. it, she she literally didn't even really check. Yeah, well, she did check, but you know, it wasn't a situation where she was like feeling around, and it was you know, and into into her defense, you know, you could see if it was a normal pregnancy at that yeah. point, you would have been able to see the movement. Yeah, she could tell by the size. You know, she could tell those things. 
just by looking at the screen. But for me, it was just so quick. And I was like, excuse me. And she's like, yeah. She's like, I'm sorry. You had a missed miscarriage. And then I'm like, a missed miscarriage. And literally, my mind just started racing to the point where I couldn't even clearly hear what she was saying. And I remember that I was parked on a meter. And my meter was just about to run out. And I don't know why in this moment, I remembered this so vividly as my meter was running out at 10 o'clock and it was maybe 9.52. And I remember her telling me like, you know, get dressed. We can go back into my office. And I was like, I, my meter is about to run out. And she kind of looked at me and I think she thought maybe I was going to leave and not come back. But, you know, I don't, my mind just went into a different place where I think in that moment, I didn't want to fully deal with it. Because the meter, you know, I could have totally just waited, paid the ticket if I needed to. But in that moment, I was just like, I need to take a walk. Yeah. So I got up and she said, okay, when you come back, just come straight to my office. And I think she thought I was going to leave and not come back like I was making it up. And I was like, no, miss, I'm, I'm serious. I'm just going to go out and pay my meter. And I remember as I was walking out. I was just thinking, like, maybe she's wrong. You know, like, this is a late. I don't know her really well. She did it really quickly. Yeah. I immediately called. Denial, of course. Right. I immediately called my husband. He didn't answer. So, you know, I text him. I'm like, you need to call me right now. Um, I paid the meter. I put it in, the, you know, the thing. And then I walked back. And then he was calling me. And then I answered. And I'm like, she said I had a miscarriage. And he's like, huh? And I said, yeah, that's what I said. And I'm like, I'm walking back right now. I'll call you back. And he's like, no, wait. And I'm, I'm like, no, I have to go back and figure this out. So I go back and I sit into her office. And she tells me like, yeah, I'm sorry, but, you know, your baby didn't have a heartbeat. And it, it didn't resonate with me because it's, I saw the heartbeat. And I like I physically saw it. I heard it. And I had never heard of babies dying inside of people in this type of way. So I just it was just such an eerie moment because I was like, I was so shocked. I had never ever in my life heard of anything like that. And in that moment, she's like, okay, we can discuss options. And I'm, and I'm still kind of like options for what? I, I don't understand how a baby could die inside of you in that way. And she's like, yeah, well, what happens is we consider it a miscarriage because you don't have signs of miscarriage. And then she said, well, you did have a significant amount of bleeding. Um, so that was your body, you know, kind of prepping you for this, in her words. Um, and in that moment, I asked her to check again. And I know now, you know, I was in such denial. And I just asked her, like, can you please just look again? Because I don't understand how this could have happened. She did. She looked again. And I remember I asked her, if you, I was like, can you just tell, to print out a picture? And she's like, sure. And I remember I printed out the picture and then I never wanted to look at it. So I had the picture and I just put it in my bag. And she asked me, she said, well, you know, like, what do you want to do? You, you, you can do the DNC. And again, I had no idea. All I knew was abortions and miscarriages when people had, you know, certain issues. So there was the miscarriage, um, the um, DNC or the pills, which I have heard um, about for people who want to have early abortions. And she told me to think about it. She said that she would send the pills to my pharmacy. And if I wanted a DNC, she was available the next day. So again, at this moment, I'm walking out of this place with all of these pregnant women. And I'm, st I look pregnant. 
and I'm walking to my car like, what the heck is this? And I'm thinking, maybe I'm dreaming. Maybe this is a joke. Maybe she just doesn't know what she's talking about. So on my way home, you know, I'm driving and I'm like, I don't even know where to go right now. Do I go home? Do I go to another doctor? I, I really don't know. And at that moment, my mom called me because she knew I was at the doctor's appointment. And when she called me, I lost it. <laughs> it was like I, I was OK until my mom called me and she asked me, how was the appointment? And I just let it all out. And I told her, like, they said the baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And I'm crying. And she's like, hold on, you know, like, pull over. And I'm like, no, I just want to get home. So she's like, all right, I'm leaving work. I'll come. And I'm like, no, don't leave work. I just want to go home. I just want to get home. I got home. I called my husband. He's like, all right, I'm leaving. I'm coming home. And I remember the rest of the day, I just couldn't believe that I was sitting there like when I've, I've heard many of women on your podcast state like a walking tomb. Yes. I just couldn't. I just could oh. not. Be, I just could not believe it. I'm like, right now I am visibly pregnant. Yeah. But the baby is not alive and it has to come out of me. And I don't know what to do. Um, and I spoke to my mom and my mom was like, you know, it's really up to you. She said, because of how far along you are. Because at that point I was almost 11 weeks. She's like, I would recommend the DNC, you know, just so that you don't have to necessarily see or have to deal with the remains. And I just, I couldn't even talk about it. You know, it was anybody, I know other family members called and I would, I would start and I would just break down. And then I decided I'm just going to do the DNC. Um, and I remember they called for the pre-op um, phone call. And I remember I was crying the entire time. And the woman kept saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. And that was the first time I heard it in that type of way. And it was just a lot. You know, it was just that morning. It was such a beautiful day. Like, I could vividly remember the weather and the fact that it seemed like the roads were clear. And it just seemed like the sun was shining so, so bright. And it changed so quickly. Um, so I went through the pre-op questions and that entire night, you know, I had to go pick up my daughter from school, came home, you know, did the regular things that we always do. And then the next morning I would go to get the DNC. Um, now that experience to me, it was a quick, I wouldn't say easy process, but it was like, to me, it was easy in the sense that. You knew exactly when it was going to happen. I wasn't present for it happening. Um, they told me that the baby was measuring about eight and a half weeks. Um, and I even remember when I was wheeled into the operating room and I lay back, The one of the technicians in the room asked, how big is it? I guess in terms of the, the baby for whatever tools they needed. And I was just like, this is all just way too much. I went through the DNC. I woke up. Um, for the most part, it went pretty well. I did lose a lot of blood. So I had to stay um, in recovery for longer than they would have liked. But I was able to get discharged that night. I went home. I remember I still didn't want to eat. And it was just like doom, you know. And in some ways, I thank God for my daughter because I had to... You know, I still had to take care of her. I still had to be present. You know, I did have my husband. But, you know, you have this bouncy little kid who doesn't have any idea of what's going on. So it was nice to have someone 
who was oblivious to, I guess, the devastation that was happening. After the DNC, it was a pretty, you know, pretty quick recovery process. I maybe bled for about a week, and then everything was okay. Um, and then at that point, I went back to my follow-up. Everything was good, and she immediately asked, like, what do you guys want to do? We honestly weren't sure, but we knew we wanted a baby. So we told her, you know, we're just going to take it day by day. This was April of 2017. We took it day by day. And then um, this year, in March, I found out I was pregnant. Second time. Well, this was my third time um, being pregnant. Again, I took the pregnancy test. Um, and I guess I would add that all of the doctors was like, oh, you know, this is normal. Most women will have one miscarriage and then never have another. Um, you know, it's nothing to really worry about. You know, life will go on and everything will be fine. Found out I was pregnant. Um, again, now my pregnancy experience is completely different because my first reaction is, oh, no. This completely different worked out right this may not work out and you know at that point I was still trying to stay, stay positive and I said okay well you know I'm gonna still go to the doctor and you know I'm gonna see what's happening and my first appointment I should have been at least five and a half or six weeks but there was nothing seen on the sonogram so immediately I'm just like this is not good and the doctor's like, well, you know, maybe you're, you miscalculated your periods. You know, there can be many reasons why we don't see anything. Don't worry about it. You're definitely pregnant. Your HCG, your HCG levels are high, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and now this is another point that I didn't even know anything about HCG levels with my first pregnancy or the second one. Um, it wasn't until this third pregnancy that they were testing, you know, my levels and letting me know that they were testing my levels and what they were. Um, I went home and I'm just, you know, now every moment is just like doom. Waiting for those results is like the worst. Um, the pregnancy was progressing correctly. My HCG levels were, high, were, were rising. Um, everything was going pretty okay. I had to have my HCG levels tested every two or three days and at one of the results when I got them back my progesterone had dropped drastically I remember it dropping maybe like 10 points but my HCG was still strong so I I had no idea what progesterone was or what it did to be completely honest with you again in my recent pregnancies this was never anything that came up. So they told me, oh, you know, don't worry about it. We can give you progesterone. We'll raise your progesterone. Everything will be fine. I remember I had to get the progesterone and insert it vaginally three times a day um, and just hope, you know, hope. And Google can be the devil because I was on Google every moment of every day trying to figure out what my levels should be. If they are this, then what does it mean? If they are that, then what does it mean? And, you know, there were good stories and bad stories. Does progesterone help? Will it help? Is this why I had a miscarriage in the past, etc.? 
Um, that kind of progressed. I went back to the doctor. They were able to see the gestational sac and the yolk sac, but no embryo. And then I went back, and then they were able to see a small embryo. And it was pretty much progressing. And then they were constantly taking my HCZ. And um, I remember the nurse. She was so sweet, and she knew my history. And she just, you know, she was very reassuring. Like, you know, it's going to work out for you. And she was the one who had to call and give the results. And she called me, and she's like, well, great news. Your progesterone is back up. Your progesterone is great but your HCG dropped drastically. And in that moment, she didn't tell me that, you know, you're going to miscarry or you're already going to, you know, you're already in the process of miscarrying. But she just said, I'm sorry. And I, was, I remember I was at work and I stepped up from my desk to go take the phone call. And I was in the hallway and I was just like, man, what does this mean? And she's like, well, your HCG is only 600. And there's no way that your pregnancy could be viable at that point. Mm-hmm. And what's holding, what's probably holding the pregnancy together is the fact that you're taking the progesterone. So she recommended, you know, you can stop taking the progesterone and see what your body does. Um, your HCG is low enough where you'll most likely miscarry naturally once your progesterone is gone down. Or, you know, you can take the pills you know, or she said that there were clinics that could do like a one day removal um, procedure where it's not as intensive as a DNC. They put you under local anesthetics and they do it like as if you're getting um, an exam at the gynecologist and your husband could be with you, etc. And now I'm at work and I'm just like, what? You know, what, what is this? And now I'm thinking, why does this keep happening? Why, why am I going through this? I went through the work day. Um, I got home and I was contemplating. I, I didn't know what to do. And that was one of the things that um, as I started looking into these podcasts, I started looking into specifically, how do you miscarry? Like, how do you make the decision around what you do? Because in my first experience, it was kind of, you know, kind of everyone was saying, you know, do the DNC, you're far along, and it's going to be easy. And, you know, this is going to make it much easier to deal with. But in this situation, I wasn't as far along. And um, I got this news at work, I was able to go home and kind of ponder longer about it. And I said, I would miscarriage naturally. I said, hey, you know, it sounds like this is a good idea. This is what I'm going to do. But now the really, really scary part about it is I didn't know what a miscarriage, how to miscarriage naturally and what that would be. You know, you read the blogs and you read the internet and some people are like, oh, it's going to be huge amounts of blood, very bad cramping. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I was still working every day full time. I was still taking my daughter to school sometimes picking her up, you know, after school activities, etc. I was still doing my regular do um, outside of everything else. And I just thought like, what if this hits me and I'm not able to deal with it? Um, I bought um, Motrin. I had the sanitary napkins. I even had a change of clothes in my car because I didn't know what to expect, but I was trying my best to not go the invasive route or take any medication. But I started to lose my mind every single day. It, it went from, 
you know, me being so nervous about being pregnant to me being so nervous about not being pregnant to me being so nervous about just when this miscarriage was going to happen and how and where and how intensive it would be. And if I would be alone, or if I would be driving and it would be some crazy experience. So I decided to go back to the doctor and get the pills. Um, and it was just, I wanted, at that point, I had, I had met, went into another mental space where I didn't want to deal with the pregnancy anymore. And I wanted it to be over and done with. Um, I took the pills and it went into another phase of when is this going to happen? Because I thought I would take the pills and within that next 30 minutes to an hour, I would miscarry and that would be it. But it didn't happen that way. I took the pills on a Friday night expecting to miscarry over the weekend. It did not happen. I started to miscarry on my way to work on Monday. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, I remember... I remember because I was waiting. I guess it would be the same experience like when you're in, when you're going into labor. You wait, like, when is it going to happen? What's going to happen? I don't know what I'm waiting for. So I didn't have much cramping. I went, you know, I took the pills. I went through the weekend. I didn't have any blood. I didn't have any cramping, anything. So I went to work Monday morning, and I remember stepping out the car and starting to walk to the entrance, and I could feel something. I didn't know what it was, and I was just thinking, man, this is happening. I immediately, I got to work. I went to the bathroom, and then blood clots started to come out. Um, I guess it wasn't an extreme amount of blood at any point with that pregnancy. Um, it was pretty much a lot of tissue and blood clots. It was enough of blood where I didn't need to um, have heavy sanitary napkins but it was never enough it was never too much blood where I bled through my clothes or anything like that I actually worked through that miscarriage I miscarried most of that pregnancy at work um in intervals of going to the bathroom coming back going to the bathroom coming back um it pretty much happened maybe over a week um I went back for a follow-up they confirmed everything was out. Everything was good to go. And this was May of this year, 2018. So now I'm really at a point where I don't know what to do. My daughter turned six. And I'm like, you know, as bad as I want this baby, I don't know if this is the right thing for us. Because obviously it's not working. So I spoke to my doctor and I was able to do some genetic testing. Everything came back normal. You know, it was like, we can't find anything. You also have a healthy child. You also had an uncomplicated pregnancy. You have no problems getting pregnant. We just recommend you try again. So they did recommend to wait at least three cycles to try. Um, we, this was May, we did not wait <laughs> three cycles to try. We had all anticipation to wait, but we didn't. And after my first period, I was pregnant again. Um, and at this point, I wanted to throw the pregnancy test off the roof. Oh Granted, my gosh. We weren't doing a great job of preventing pregnancy, but I just didn't think that I would get pregnant so soon. Um, and now I'm pregnant again, and I'm thinking I don't want to do this. I immediately did not want to do it after I got pregnant. I wanted it until I got pregnant. Um, 
but here I am, I'm pregnant. Um, it was summertime, you know, and I said, okay, this is going to be the time. They said after one, you would definitely have one. So I'm thinking after two, this has to be it. There is no way that I, it's just no way that this would happen again. You know, like, why would this happen again? So again, we go to the doctor, um, you know, we go to the visits and for the most part, everything is okay. But in this particular situation, I was measuring a week behind. So when I went to the doctor the first time, they only saw a gestational sac and a yolk sac, no embryo, but I was supposed to be six weeks. So it was a little concerning, but the doctors were, you know, pretty optimistic. Like this, this here, this happens. You haven't had any bleeding. You haven't had any cramping. You know, your periods have been irregular. You just had a miscarriage. This can all be very normal. Um, you know, don't worry about it. But I was a complete wreck. I would go to the doctor's appointment and I immediately had high blood pressure um, because I would sit in the waiting room and my heart would race the entire time. Um, it was even to the point where I asked the doctor to turn the screen away from me because I didn't want to get attached. I didn't want to have any attachment to this pregnancy. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to hear it. Um, I even asked the doctor's office to leave messages with my results as opposed to not, because I know in some cases they can't. I authorized them the right to leave messages on my phone just so that I could mentally prep myself for getting the results of my HCZ and my progesterone, et cetera, um, that I had to do every two days. Um, everything was looking okay. My HCG was much higher than the last pregnancy, my progesterone. I was taking the supplements from the beginning. They also put me on baby aspirin um, in addition to the prenatal to try to support the pregnancy. I went back to the doctor weekly. Um, every week, I would progress a week, but I was still behind from my last menstrual period, which was always concerning because of my history. But they were happy to see at least you're progressing. You know, it went from just a yosac to a small embryo to a larger embryo with a heartbeat, um, you know, et cetera. I went to one appointment and it was maybe a week and a half as opposed to a week, but the baby had only grown a week. And at that point, they got really concerned because at that stage of life, the baby should be growing at a certain rate, especially with my history. Um, so they they recommended that I go to a specialist to have a more in-depth sonogram because, you know, maybe the technician just didn't measure correctly, et cetera, et cetera. So I went to, we went to the technician. My husband was, was with me. And, you know, we were just thinking, oh, this is going to work out. There is no <laughs> way that this is not going to work out. Uh, we went and then the technician she was like, yeah, you know, here's the heartbeat. She played the heartbeat and it was beautiful. And that's one of the things that I regret today is not recording the heartbeat um, because that's something that I regretted from the previous experiences. But in that moment, I was so optimistic. I said, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be positive and I'm, we're going to do this. As much as I hate coming to the doctor and as much as I, you know, I dread these test results phone calls. I'm going to have faith that this is going to work out. And, you know, this technician was not familiar with us or our history or anything. She was just 
um the person who did the sonogram and she's like yeah your baby looks good um you know don't worry about the dates and the times and your period she said everything looks good so we had to come back in exactly a week and I remember again I had we had to take our daughter to school and we thought you know maybe you take her and I go or you know we both bring her with us Oh, like we were trying to figure out that whole deal. So he said, no, I definitely want to be there. So we brought her with us. And what we did is we had her in the room and we we turned her chair so that she couldn't see anything. And we had the headphones and the iPad so that she was kind of oblivious to what was going on and not asking a lot of questions because we definitely didn't tell anybody and we, we didn't want her to know. Um, so I got on the table, the, you know, the doctor I mean, they actually opened the place a little earlier for us. They had their first appointments at 8, but they were all booked. And we told them, like, our schedules are crazy. Um, We really need to come in at 8. So they actually opened up at 745 so that we can get in and get this sonogram and get out. So she looked, and immediately there was no movement. So I knew immediately. You know, I she didn't have to say anything. He, you know, he didn't, he probably didn't notice. Um, but I knew immediately it looked just like the first miscarriage. Um, and at that time, I didn't know. But this time I knew I looked and I said, there's no heartbeat. And she didn't say anything. She was just clicking and doing her thing. And then she said, no, there's no heartbeat. And at that point, I just was defeated. And I said, OK, you know, thank you. <laughs> um you know, she wasn't exactly sympathetic. This was her job, and she probably has to tell women this every day. So I got dressed. Um, you know, he was just, this was his first experience hearing, like, being in the moment. And he was, like, me the first time. Like, what? I don't understand. And, I, you know, we left. Had to take my daughter to school. We dropped her off. And then he was driving me to work. And I had a, I remember I had a big meeting that day, so I had to go to work first, and then I would have to, you know, travel from work to the meeting in the afternoon. And I'm like, okay, see you later. And he stopped me, like, you're not going to deal with this? Like, we have to, you know, we have to process this. Like, you can't just keep going and going and going. And in my head, I was just thinking, like, I don't even want to deal with this at this point. You know, it's been a long road this past year and a half. We're at now we're here, and I have another dead baby inside of me, and I don't know what to do again, and I wasn't expecting this again, um, and, you know, we're literally sitting in the car, and I'm trying to get out and go to work, and he's like, no, I'm not letting you just get out and, you know, just go on with your day like you, you know, like this is normal, and I t- I'm trying to explain to him that this now feels normal to me, Um you know, and then I did break down and I started to cry, but I had to go to work. So I got up, you know, we, I went to work, I went to my meeting, I came home. And again, I was at the point where, what am I going to do? So the next day I started bleeding. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'm going to miscarriage this, um, to, I'm going to miscarry naturally this time because I started bleeding on my own, um, cramping, you know, enough where I was like, thinking this is actually happening um but nothing happened one day passed two day passed and then the cramping got really really bad to the point where I didn't know what to do but nothing was happening so I called my doctor and you know his recommendation was look you know you can wait this out 
or you can take the pills again and take them vaginally this time. Um, I think vaginally will have this happen a little faster for you so that you're not in this pain, um, you know, consecutively days after days. So that's what I did. I took the pills and I inserted them vaginally. And I remember I was home. We were all home. And my daughter wanted to watch a cartoon movie. We were in my bed, just me and her in the bed. And I took the pills and I, you know, I was ready for whatever was going to happen. It was a, maybe a Saturday night. Um, and it happened so fast this time. I literally within the hour, I was cramping. I felt like I was in labor, which I've heard other women. This was my first experience feeling it like that. Um, I felt like I was in labor. I was having, I guess you consider them contractions every maybe five minutes. And I remember my daughter kept saying, mommy, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, my stomach is just hurting. I have to go to the bathroom. And she's like, oh, yeah, you should drink some water. <laughs> you should put oh, your head up. Oh, what a little like, love. She's like, you should put your head up. And I'm like, yeah, I just need a moment. And this time, um, you know, I got up to go to the bathroom and I could feel it. I think I, I listened to your podcast earlier today. And I think I remember the woman saying, like, you could feel it. You know, like whatever it is, I was a little further along than the last pregnancy that, that I had done at home. So I could feel it. And I'm like squishing to the bathroom and I'm telling my husband, like, I don't know what I'm going to see. You know, this feels like a lot more intense than what happened when I was at work and I'm scared. So, you know, my reaction was to catch it. I I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to flush it, you know. For some reason, this time just felt different. And I was just like, I can't let another one of these go just straight down the toilet. I at least need to look at it to see what I'm seeing um, or what's happening. So we got a bowl. I know this sounds crazy, but we got a bowl. And I let it out in the bowl. And then I, I, I don't even know. I just, like, sat there with my eyes closed. I just couldn't look. And then I looked. And it looked like a gestational sac, um, you know? And then I was completely, like, a mess. Oh. And I have, I have this six-year-old who's like, what's going on in the oh. bathroom? <laughs> what's happening in the bathroom? And we're like, nothing, go watch the movie. Um, and then, you know, I have to say, after that mask came out, that large mask came out, it was pretty manageable. Um, yeah. It was bleeding, cramping, but I think that mask, once it came out, it got a lot better. Um, and I, you know, I bled for maybe a week, a week and a half, and then it stopped. Um, and then we went, got checked, everything was clear, and then again, they asked, like, so do you guys know what you want to do? And we were like, no, we, it's, it's been a long road. We can't think about that right at this moment. Um, so that was my three experiences, and I can add a post-experience with this last miscarriage. Um, my first period, which was not too long ago, since that miscarriage was really, really, really tough, and I heard one woman speak about a really, really bad experience with a period after a miscarriage, which I haven't heard many women speak about, um, I felt like I was having another miscarriage and I didn't know what was going on we were in the car driving and it hit me and 
I was cramping really bad and I was thinking like I think my period is coming but it was so intense where I was thinking maybe there's something else still in there that's coming out because I'm almost certain I'm not pregnant again it was really 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 bad um and I had really bad diarrhea um but it was in fact my period I did start to bleed that night it was just really intense, and it was the first period after the last miscarriage, um, and it kind of hit me, and I was just, I just kept thinking, not again, what is going on? But lo and behold, my period did come down, and, you know, after that first day, day or two, it was okay. Since then, it's been a few months, and everything seems to be back to normal as far as my body. And the bleeding and my periods, everything seems to be pretty back to normal. Um, as far as life, you know, life has gone on. We get the question all the time for folks who didn't know, are you going to try again? You know, what are you guys thinking about doing, et cetera, et cetera. But those are my stories. Um, yeah, that's that. Wow. That's a lot. I know, and I feel like it seems like it's so long. You know, like, I feel like I was talking for a very long time. I apologize. No, it's <laughs> so important. It's Yeah, so important. It, was, it was pretty rough, you know, because it was back-to-back, even though we had the break between April and the springtime of this year, it was still close enough where they were pretty consecutive. And, you know, the last two just kind of happened, and... It's not just the trauma mentally, but physically that I don't think people think about. Right. Um, Because you get pregnant and then you stay pregnant and you deal with the pregnancy symptoms. But then, you know, either way, if you miscarriage naturally, you still deal with that as well as the um, post-traumatic effects. But when you don't miscarry naturally, you still have to get this baby out of you. Oh, yeah, and deal with the hormones afterwards. And deal with the hormones afterwards. Oh, yeah. And so it's like this stage, like this three, four, five, seven-step process that, you know, it's like a never-ending horror story because there are some women who, you know, they bleed for weeks. Or I know after my DNC, I had a really bad headache for about a week, and I associated with, well, doctors associated it with losing so much blood, but it was like another layer of, what is this and why is this happening? I thought I would get the DNC and it would be over and I would go on with life. But now I have this pounding headache of a reminder of what just happened. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot, you know, and now we're here. And like I said, my daughter, she didn't know anything, even from the first one. We never got around to telling her because we always said we wanted to do it in a cute way um, for her. So she, I know someone in your previous podcast asked, like, how do you deal with the kids and how do you deal with telling kids? We, fortunate for us, we didn't tell her, so we didn't have to deal with explaining to her what happened or why it happened. Um, but she does ask all the time for a brother or a sister. Um, and it's hard because, it's, you know, I want to tell her so bad, just like I want to tell the other people who ask, like, I'm trying, we're trying. You know, we are actively trying. It's just not happening. Um, but we just tell her, you know, like, oh, we're working. You know, we'll get you a baby sister or brother one day. Heartbreaking on so many levels. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for taking your time and sharing your story because holy cow, it has been a roller coaster for you. And it's really amazing that you've opened up and shared this. Yeah, I know I contemplated not doing it um, because it's difficult to talk about, um, you know. Oh, because, heck yeah. Right. And as far as like being a woman and, you know, wanting to be able to procreate and wanting to be able to care, like having a baby is so beautiful. And like I sometimes I regret with my first pregnancy, like being so tired and so over it and, you know, just oh, over being big and hungry and et cetera. And it's like, you know, now I wish I could get back to that point. It's a really good perspective and yeah, a difficult one to actually say out loud to admit. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so many people feel that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and your vulnerability and for sharing that difficult but beautiful journey that you've been on. And hopefully it ends just with the perfect little rainbow baby. I know, right? I can't wait. I'm waiting. Um, And I know one of your other questions was any advice that we would want to give to other women. And I would say um, definitely take time for yourself. And I know for me, I was in a space where no one in my family had had miscarriages. None of my friends had had miscarriages that I know of. Um, You know, no one that I had reached out to had had miscarriages. So that's how I actually found your podcast because I Googled miscarriage help me you know someone somewhere I need something to make me feel that I'm normal and that this is normal so your podcast has been an extreme help because I'm able to listen to these stories and think man I am not alone because it can feel very very lonely especially you know if all you speak to is your husband or your significant other who hasn't been through this experience um so I would give the advice of seeking an outlet whatever it is if it's Recording yourself telling your story, reaching out to folks who have blogs or podcasts, writing in a journal, you know, whatever you need to to actually get it out. Because I know I started to feel suffocated with all of my thoughts and my cries and my, you know, and my worries that I didn't know what to do with them. So that would be my advice. That's good advice right there. Thank you. Interested in hearing more miscarriage stories? We have over 30 more episodes on Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Stay connected. Find us on Instagram at managing.miscarriage. On Facebook, at Miscarriage Nonprofit, and don't forget to download our free e-guide on our website, managingmiscarriage.com. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating so more women can find us. Also, listen to exclusive episodes directly on the Patreon app.